Another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or just subscribe to any DSP that you're listening to this episode. It definitely would mean a lot to me. But here's where we'll start. And the biggest news, honestly, of last week, or that the, that's, that's still currently happening, is NBA free agency. So I said before, there's a lot of big there, there there's dates. That are huge for the NBA. Of course, the draft, the trade deadline, um, the the, and of course you have free agency. Free agency is huge because, of course, you see a lot of movement. As we've seen this this off season, you see a lot of teams either get better or get worse. You you know what direction a team is going in pretty much because of free agency, who they let go, who they bring back. Um, who they who they newly acquire, so free agency is a huge time for the NBA, and surprisingly, this has been a very interesting free agency. And I say surprisingly because a lot of people that are free agents this year, most of them are pretty much or were pretty much expected to either go back to their teams or there there wasn't. It's not like next year. Next year is going to be different. Next year you have a lot of. Uh, you had, well, next year you had a lot of free agents that were going to be big to hit the market. And, yeah, man. It, but this year, of course, you had big names like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you had uh, Chris Paul. You had Kyle Lowry. Like, you had a lot of big names. But there's going to be bigger names next year. So this year, we didn't really expect it to be a lot of movement in the free agency market. But that has definitely not been the case. You've seen people change teams. You've seen teams completely look different than they did last year. And we'll talk about it. No, I'm not going to talk about every single transaction. There's been a lot of transactions. But I'm going to focus on a couple. And we're going to we're going to talk about it. Let's first start with, to me, one of the biggest transactions. Now, I know, yes, we will talk about Melo going to the Lakers in a second. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is Kyle Lowry going to the Heat. First and foremost, Kyle Lowry was and has been a staple for the T Toronto Raptors. Now, yes, I understand he played for the Rockets as well, but Kyle Lowry really made his name playing for Toronto. And we knew the writing was on the wall with Toronto pretty much the last two, maybe three years. Ever since Kawhi Leonard left Toronto, speculations have pretty much been swirling about when Kyle Lowry's leaving. Nobody thought... I mean, people knew Kyle Lowry was, was gone. A lot of people thought Kyle Lowry, including myself, thought Kyle Lowry was probably going to leave the team or get traded from the team at the trade deadline last year. Of course, you remember the last game where he's piecing out every or peace out to everyone, and a lot of speculations were saying that he was going to go to the Lakers. But, of course, he didn't get traded at the trade deadline, and now we sit up and look. He's on the heat. And... With Kyle Lowry going to the Heat, a lot of, you know, Jimmy Butler signed an extension. Of course, P.J. Tucker went to the Heat. 
uh, Morris, uh, Markeith Morris went to the Heat. Let me, first and foremost, the Heat probably, I'm not going to say they got, let me see this. The Heat got a lot better than last year or the end, since the end of the season. Um, what does Kyle Lowry bring? When the Heat played the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs this year, and of course lost what four zero, there was it was abundant that they had they they were missing two things they were missing a starting point guard and they were missing scoring. Now they haven't really addressed the scoring, even though Kyle Lowry can score, uh, even though Markeith Morris can can hit a shot or two, and of course Jimmy Butler is their leader and he he's decent. They didn't really address the scoring, and they also lost Kendrick Nung, and we'll talk about that in a second. But they didn't have scoring, and they didn't really have a starting point guard. Gordon Dragic was hurt. Um, it, it, it was just a lot. And getting Kyle Lowry, let me say this. What the Heat did was the Heat pretty much the Heat pretty much leaned, okay, we're going to be a, a rugged, rugged defensive team. Kyle Lowry is great defensively. P.J. Tucker is great defensively. Markeith Morris can be uh, good defensively. Of course, you have um, Jimmy Butler, who is great defensively. Bam Adebayo was good defensively. This team is going to be a nightmare score, trying to score on. Now, again, I do think that they still need to address some scoring. They don't really have a lot of scoring on this team. I mean, yeah, you did uh, sign Duncan Robinson to an extension, but Duncan Robinson isn't really a score. He's a shooter. He's not a score. Uh, but I think I think this makes the Heat. This kind of propels the Heat back to like top four status. Now you're probably thinking, well, they made it to the playoffs, and of course they lost to the Bucks, who ultimately won the uh, national. I mean, the NBA championship. But nobody really expected the Heat to win last year. Like, nobody expected the Heat to do much. Now, do I think that the, this makes the Heat championship contenders? Not really. <laughs> because we don't know who's going to score the ball. Like, we don't – they don't – I mean, Kyle Lowry, yes, he can score, and he has those incredible scoring outputs. But Kyle Lowry isn't the best scorer ever. Uh, and, of course, we need to see what they can do. They still have uh, some flexibility with cap space and everything, so – We'll see what they can do, but I do think that Kyle Lowry makes them a lot better. Now, I thought DeMar DeRozan was going to go there, too. Now, if DeMar DeRozan was going to go there, that would be a little different. And, of course, we'll talk about DeMar DeRozan in a second. But, again, you, you're, start, you're seeing teams are uber-aggressive. Teams are going to be uber-aggressive because this has been a crazy two years in the NBA. Now, of course, we know about COVID, but due to COVID, of course, we had the bubble. Then we had the shortest offseason in NBA history. Uh, then, of course, we had this season, which ultimately crowned uh, the Milwaukee Bucks a championship. Now, we're, we're the NBA are doing a reset as far as it's going to go back to the regular season, a regular scheduled season, regular 82 games. And right now, hell, the season ended last, last month. The season ended in July. Now, currently right now, they are in the Summer League. So, and of course, we had the draft last week. So, the things are, are, are coming rapidly. So, this is going to be a, uh, this is going to be interesting season, man. Of course, the older teams, you're, you're going to see how they're going to juggle minutes and everything. Of course, the Milwaukee Bucks, how are they going to juggle minutes? Not saying they're older, but they just played in, I mean, they they just finished playing in July. 
uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be in- not to mention, of course, you have a thirty-two or no, an eighty-two game season now. Last year, I think it was seventy-two uh, to shorten the to condense it. So yeah, man, it's it's we're going to see how it goes, bro. But Kyle Lowry to the Heat probably was the biggest probably was the biggest move as far as somebody moving teams because again Kyle Lowry brings scoring uh not of course at a at a top guard level of course but he brings scoring he brings defense he brings leadership and he while yes Gordon Dragic who I believe is still on the team Gordon Dragic is still good they don't Kyle Lowry's better than Gordon Dragic. Like, let's let's just be real. Kyle Lowry is better than Gordon Dragic. So, you know, bringing on Kyle Lowry as well as a P.J. Tucker definitely, you know, bodes well for the um for the the Miami Heat. Now, again, I I, I don't think this move makes them better than Brooklyn Nets. I don't think this move makes them better than. Um, what I don't I don't think it makes them better than uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and of course I don't think it makes them better than a lot of teams in the I'm in the West. But you know, you, you can see every year there's a team that gets like lands a big free agency, and Kyle Lowry, which we'll talk about in a second, was pretty much the biggest free agent which we thought were going was going to move. So, um, yeah, man, Kyle Lowry's on the Heat. Another big move. And we'll 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 discuss this. Um, no, you know, let's 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 talk about the big team, the biggest team, which is the L.A. Lakers. The L.A. Lakers have been on an incredible <laughs> tear when it comes to this free agency. Man, you get uh, they do a signing or a trade, a signing trade, I guess, with Russell Westbrook. Um, they get Carmelo Anthony now. They get Malik Monk. They get Kendrick Nunn. They get uh. Dwight Howard comes back, Trevor Reza comes back, Wayne Ellington comes back. They they get some they get some people, man. They get some people and what are we seeing with the Lakers? That's the question cuz you you know, you're seeing all these people and the the Lakers the Lakers can be one of two teams. Now, when you look at the Lakers, their oldest player is Carmelo Anthony at this time, which is 37. Uh, Dwight's older. Um, of course, LeBron's 36. I think Russell Westbrook's like 32. Like, this is an older team. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, Dwight Howard came back. Like I said, Trevor Ariza came back. Wayne Ellington came back. Uh, you're seeing you're seeing the the Lakers say one thing. Is they're going for it now? Uh, of course, LeBron James in the the he has more games behind him than he has in front of him as far as basketball games. Carmelo Anthony has more games behind him than he does in front of him, and this team can be one of two teams. This team can be in the best case scenario. This team can be the Miami Heat. Now I'm not saying, of course you're not gonna get D D Rose. I mean D Rose. You're not gonna get D Wade. You're not getting Chris Bosh. But what we saw with the Miami Heat was you have a collection of three really good players, plus a team of veterans around them. Now again, you have LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. 
you and then of course you see Dwight, Ariza, you see um, Wayne Ellington, you see Mark uh, Gasol. Like you, this could be a Miami Heat situation. Now I'm not saying that this team is going to be as good as Miami Heat, but and you look on if you look at the players on paper, this is a super team. Um, again, you have some big names now. The big names are in their all of them are in their prime. The only person to me that's pretty much in their prime or could still be in their prime is Anthony Davis, but you have some big names. So yes, on paper, this can be a super team. So this can either be the Miami heat. Um, again, you have a lot of, cause remember the Miami heat had LeBron D Wade, Chris Bosch. And then if you had Ray Allen, you had, uh, uh, Shane Battier, you had Mario Chalmers, you had, um, what's his name? Uh, Juwan Howard. Like they, they had veterans around them. Or <clears throat> I believe it was the O four Lakers that had all those incredible names on paper, but they were past their prime. They were older and they didn't win. You had, well, outside of Kobe and Shaq, who pretty much like hated each other. Um, what was the O three? I think it was either 03 or 04. Um, yeah, Kobe and Shaq, but they couldn't stay in each other. You had uh, Gary Payton. You had Robert Orr still. You had, um, what's his name? Carl uh, Malone. Like, you have these, like, on paper, a team that has Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone should win. I mean, these are all, all Hall of Famers. They should win. But Gary Payton was out of his prime and continuously got hurt. Carl uh, Malone continues to got hurt because he was out of his prime. Uh, he, they was he was old. Let's be real. G- Gary Payton was old. Um, Robert Ory was was older. So this can be that again. It can be either the '04 Lakers or it can be the the Miami Heat that had or the Heatles, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Let me say this. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due when it comes to the Lakers. Of course, I I I questioned the the last episode. I questioned the fit with Russell Westbrook and um, and LeBron James. I said they didn't have enough scoring around them. Neither one of them are, are neither one of them are a reliable three point shooter or shooter in general to play off ball. Neither one of them are good. Like they're not good at playing off ball because they're not used to it. LeBron James has been ball dominant and rightfully so. He's arguably the greatest player ever. He's been ball dominant ever since coming out of high school. Well, ever since high school, pretty much. Same as Russell Westbrook. He's been ball dominant since. I mean, he was ball dominant in high school. He's ball dominant at UCLA. And everywhere he's went in the NBA, he's been ball dominant. So I, I question that fit. Now, of course, I still question that fit. But what the Lakers did do, which I I didn't know how they were going to fill up the roster. Of course, you had the only people that before the, the free agency really start or before free agency really kicked off. The only people that were on like on salary pretty much was LeBron, AD, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Marcus All. And I was like, I don't know how they're going to fill up this roster. And they did a and, and shouts out to Rob Palenka. They did a good job in filling out that roster. You have Melo, who's a who's a. I, of course, he's not Melo in his prime, but he's still a solid mid range scorer. You have Wayne Ellington, who's a catch and shoot player. He yeah, he's a catch and shoot player. You have uh, Kendrick Nunn, who's a quality uh, backup guard. You have, you you keep Horton Tucker, who of course they'd like to develop him. 
or the like the development that he's he's receiving and how he's getting better. Of course, you have Malik Monk, who's a young, uh, athletic. He can he can score the ball. You, you know, the, they made. I don't think this team. Let me say this: this team is draft. This team is a lot better than last year, and I say a lot better than last year because, of course, you have. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis comes back healthy. Uh, LeBron James, oh, he comes back healthy. Uh, and, of course, you have Melo, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Malik Monk. You know, you have better pieces. Uh, Trevor Reza, he's a catch and shoot. He's also a 3 and D player. Uh, Dwight Howard, of course, we know he's probably going to play backup for, uh, for Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is going to play a lot of the five. And, if, you know, you have good pieces, but I don't – of course, we have to wait and see, but I don't know how much these pieces fit at their – at the state of their game. And and what I mean by that is how much are you getting from Melo? Of course, Melo just came from Portland, and, and he was incredible at Portland. However, what Melo are you getting? What – you know, is Wayne Ellington somebody that can Wayne, Wayne Ellington played for Lakers and it didn't go well. So what Wayne Ellington are you getting? Uh, Dwight Howard, of course, we pretty much know the Dwight Howard we're getting. We're not getting no Orlando Dwight. We're getting the Dwight that's jovial. He's he's still athletic. Uh, he he he's gonna foul the hell out of him. Like he, Dwight Howard, just he just be fouling people at this point, and of course jumping and getting dunks. So I don't know, man. I I do think that. As currently constructed right now, more than likely the Lake or probably the Lakers are the best team in the West. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I don't, of course, you have to see what happens with Denver. Um, of course, with the Clippers, and we'll talk about them in a second. I have to see what happens with them. But I don't really see it. If everyone's healthy, I don't see a team in the West um, really stands a chance against the Lakers because of the players that they have. Now, the real question is, are the Lakers the best team in the NBA? That, to me, I want to wait to see. Uh, they, Of course, they have some incredible talent, but one, I need to see how the talent meshes, uh, how these role players play, because a lot of these role players are not, you know, they, they haven't played with each other in a while. Uh, of course, we need to see with the whole mellow thing. So I would wait to see. I'll say on paper, of course, they on paper. Now again, the the game's not played on paper as we know, but on paper, the Lakers have probably the first or second best team in the NBA, probably next to uh, next to the Brooklyn Nets. But of course, we have to see. Let's not count out the Bucks. I know the Bucks lost PJ Tucker, but you still have Giannis. They re-signed Bobby Portis, which was huge. Uh, of course, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. So. I think those three pretty much kind of reign supreme. And, of course, we'll talk about the Clippers. But um, I think on paper and before, you know, the whole season starts or whatever, you can clearly say or you can say that the 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 Lakers are probably the second or third or yeah, second or first or second, let's say, first or second best team in the league. Uh, and, of course, we'll have to see. So, you know, I, I think – now, I do still think that probably getting a Chris Paul would have been a better fit than uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I know that they they were – I think that because 
actually, I pretty much know because they got Russell Westbrook is why they were out the DeMar DeRozan sweet stapes. Because as you see, a lot most of these players that they got, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Melo, most of the players that they got outside of, of course, Russell Westbrook, um, Kane or the new players are now on mid-level exceptions because they can't really afford everybody. Now, I know Kendrick Nunn's a two-year, uh, on a two-year deal. Uh, of course, Dwight, Ariza, I think they're all on mid-level exceptions because they can't really afford anybody. And it's, I'm going to be interesting to see. Right now, this is pretty much their team. Because unless they do like a massive trade or whatever at the trade deadline, they can't really afford many other players. Uh, I mean, Russell Westbrook is scheduled to make like $44 million. I think LeBron's supposed to make 41 next year. Uh, so this is pretty much their team. So they're pretty much rolling the dice on this. Now, again, this team could be good enough, but we have to wait to see. We have to wait to see. Um, but I am impressed with the moves they made, especially after – they get Russell Westbrook, and I'm like, all right, so you get Russ. I, I still don't think he's the best fit, but what are they going to do after that? How are they going to fill up this roster? And they did a pretty good job at it, so shouts out to them. Another team that I want to discuss, I know it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> We're going to go to the, from the Lakers to the Bulls. <laughs> but the Bulls, let me say, the Bulls surprisingly were aggressive and when I say surprisingly, it's because the Bulls don't really have a history of being aggressive at, at in free agency or whatever, ever since pretty much LeBron. I mean, not LeBron, Michael Jordan. Um, And I'm not saying he was a free agent and everything, but, you know, they, they haven't really made big splashes in free agency. And this this year, they've, they're going, I don't know. I guess they're going for it. You know what I mean? Uh, you have Vucevic. They got him at the trade deadline last year. You have Zach Levine, who's right now playing for Team USA. But he, I think he finished like third or fourth in scoring last year. You have the ground pieces for talent. Of course, we need to see what happens with Laurie Marketing, But I, it doesn't really look like he's going to return. But you have the foundation. You have some pieces that can take you places. Now, of course, Zach Levine. No, uh, I think I think yeah, Zach Levine signed an extension, I believe. But what are you doing after that? The Bulls have always had. They've always had a good base as far as good players to build around. They just have done a poor job building around them. Now, let's. We're not gonna. A after Michael Jordan, you had Derrick Rose. Of course, you know about the injury, but. And they built around him great until the injury. They had Jimmy Butler. Um, again, you have Zach Levine. So it's like, how do you build around this team? And the Bulls are going for it, man. You sign Lonzo Ball, which is a big get for them because it takes the ball out of – Zach Levine doesn't really have to play – point guard now he was playing point guard at certain points of the season of course because he was pretty much the only one that can do it but Lonzo Ball what you know Lonzo Ball is not the greatest scorer of course he's not the greatest shooter but he is really good at distributing the ball he's really good at you know getting people open uh penetrating to the to the paint and kicking out Lonzo Ball is has an incredible court vision Again, Lonzo Ball is not the best shooter. He's not the best scorer. He's 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 a good defender as well because of his length and everything. So Lonzo Ball being there really helps. Another person that that came along, of course, is Demar Derozan. Now, mm, let me say this. I feel 
I feel good for DeMar DeRozan because, I mean, DeMar DeRozan gets another team. He, I think he had a three-year deal. But I also feel bad for DeMar DeRozan. Kind of like, remember last year, last week, I was saying I felt bad for, for Buddy Hill. I felt bad for Buddy Hill because he was that close of being a Laker. That close to being a Laker until the Lakers was like, hold up, we can get Russell Westbrook? All right, buddy, you know. Yeah, my fault. It ain't, it ain't going to happen today. All we've been hearing all offseason, hell, we heard DeMar DeRozan say it when he was uh, on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. Um, we heard through the media, we heard through, I guess, his agent. DeMar DeRozan wanted, like, desperately wanted to be a Laker. He wanted to be a Laker because he wanted a chance to win a championship. He wanted to go home and play because, of course, he's from California. He wanted desperately to be a Laker. Hell, he wanted to be a Laker so bad. Man, DeMar DeRozan, the, the report came out saying he was willing to take a mid-level exception. Now, a lot of people say, well, it's just a mid-level set. It's still money. A player at, of his caliber, DeMar DeRozan is still a really good player. He's still the top, I don't know, 30, 40 player in this league. And a top 30, 40 player does not take a mid-level exception. So... The fact that DeMar DeRozan is taking a mid-level exception, he you know he really wanted to be. Now, he's made a lot of money in his career, and he's, he acknowledged that. He's made a lot of money in his career, but he still wanted the chance and the opportunity to win a championship. And he wanted to go to the Lakers so, so bad. <laughs> oh, so bad. But because they signed Russell Westbrook, that doesn't. One they can't afford. Well, they can still aff- they still could afford uh, Demar Derozan uh, for the mid level exception, which she was willing to take. But the fit is not there. You know, Russell Westbrook is a ball dominant player. LeBron James is a ball dominant player. Demar Derozan is a ball dominant player. That's just not going to work. So Demar Derozan is out with the Lakers, and of course he signs with the Bulls, three year deal with the Bulls. Um. I will say, I think if you look at the landscape of the East, the Bulls have a chance to make the playoffs. Again, you have Vucevic, who's one of the best uh, centers in the East. You have Zach Levine, who's one of the best scorers, has emerged to be one of the best scorers in the NBA. Now you have uh, Lonzo Ball, who's a really good distributor and defense uh, defensive player. And then you have DeMar DeRozan, who is still an incredible offensive talent. I think DeMar DeRozan helps, you know, it de- it gives him leadership because that's one thing that the Bulls, and of course it's a younger team, but the Bulls really haven't, hasn't had a leader. You know what I'm saying? Like Vucevic is cool, but he's not really a leader. And you kind of look, I always, I said this before, a while ago, but you always talk about veterans, you know? Uh, when we talk about, we talked about, uh, what's his name? Odell Beckham Jr. going to the going to the Browns when he went to the Browns what two two three years ago, and we always said you know he brings leadership presence to the to the locker room, and I questioned that was saying well yeah, of course you being in the league longer than other players of course you're going to bring leadership but if you're from a losing culture what how much leadership can you really bring, and I think. DeMar DeRozan, of course, playing for Toronto, which is a winning culture with him there. Even though they didn't win a championship, they, they were a really good team. So Toronto, then going to the Spurs and seeing how the Spurs operate, even though they didn't win, you know, playing along or playing under Popovich and Becky Hammond. 
and playing alongside LaMarcus Aldridge for a minute. You know, it, DeMar DeRozan to me would be the perfect leader for Zach Levine for uh, some of the younger players because he's been in systems where not only he's been the man, but winning organizations. So I think that I think the Bulls are going to be really good this year. I don't think that they're championship uh, contenders. I don't, I don't think that at all. But I do think that they are good enough, especially in the East. I don't think they're good enough to – I think they're good enough to go to the playoffs. Uh, I, of course, we need to see what happens with Laurie Marketing, or if they do a sign-and-trade. If he, I think he's a restricted free agent, so uh, they can match pretty much whatever anyone says. But it's up to Laurie to say if he wants to take it or not. But – I'm excited to see, man. I'm excited to see. Oh, they also get Alex Caruso. They get the half-bald legend, the the Lakers, uh, the Lakers Michael Jordan. They get Alex Caruso, so he can play. He can play guard as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, with with free agency, man, you see not only do you see uh, a lot of movement, but you see a lot of play uh, players and teams stay pat and. I'm actually talking about uh, the Knicks. The Knicks pretty much run it back. They re-signed Derrick Rose. They re-signed Nerlens Noel. They're pretty much running it back. Now, you can question, wait a second. Wait. Why are they running it back? Uh, why are they running it back? Now, can they also sign? I think they re-signed Alec Burke. Uh, it was like, wait, they didn't win a championship. Why are they running it back? Why are they running it back? <laughs> but, but I will say it is probably smart, and and I understand why they're running it back because this is last year was the most successful season that the Knicks have had in I don't know how long. Uh, of course, they make it to the playoffs. No, yes, they got bounced first round, and I do think that they still need to address the fact that they don't really have someone that's a bona fide scorer. Now, I think what the Knicks are probably going to do is they're probably going to wait until the trade deadline to, to make some moves because I don't see – I don't know if they can afford really any players after making some of these moves and, of course, with the uh, Julius Randle extension. I don't think they can afford any players that can really go out there and score like that. Uh, but I do think it was important to to lock up Nerlens Noel, who was very important for them and could have uh, – I think probably should have. I don't think he should have won, but should have received more votes for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, of course, Derrick Rose. I think he, you know, I think that was he the runner-up or finished third, I believe, in Sixth Man of the Year. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that I think it's is it's important and smart for them to running run it back or bring a lot of these players back is because again, we haven't seen the Knicks be this successful in a while, like oh, a long while. And um, y the last thing you want to do is be this successful and then blow it up. Now, I do think, again, they need to address the fact that they got their doors blown off by the the Hawks scoring. Like, they couldn't keep up with the Hawks scoring at all. Uh, and, of course, R.J. Barrett needs to get better at scoring. Julius Randle needs to be a little more consistent even though he did win six uh most improved player he does need to be more he did need to be more consistent in the playoffs but i just think that i think that it was smart for them to run it back like i said you see a lot of teams they're going to blow it up at free agency and like let like like um like toronto 
I don't think Toronto's blowing it up, but you're seeing they're clearly, tr- I mean, they're clearly trying to go in a different direction. You get Scotty Barnes, uh, you get in the draft, of course, you get Scotty Barnes. I don't remember the second person they get. I don't now. I I, I want to see what happens with Pascal Siakam, but you hear a lot of he's he might be out the door. I don't think they're completely blowing it up until they trade Pascal Siakam uh, and see what they get for him. But you know, I, I the when you lose a staple that is Kyle Lowry, like Kyle Lowry has been the Raptors, and you can argue he's he could be the greatest rapper of all time, seeing as though the impact that he has for the team, of course you're going to be in a different direction. And they're not completely blowing it up as far as Toronto because, again, you have Fred Van Vliet, you have um, Pascal Siakam, but they're they're pretty much like, if they're not touching the button, um, they're pretty much like, like uh, what's his name? Like uh, Bow Wow probably... <laughs> Almost, almost there, almost there. But I say that, like I said, free agency shows you who's blowing it up, who's trying to run it back, who, you know, who's getting drastically better. And the Knicks are trying to bring back all their pieces so that even if these pieces don't work by trade deadline, uh, these are, you know, Derrick Rose is still a solid player. Nerlens Noel is still a solid player. You can see, I don't think they're going to, I don't foresee a, a situation where they'll trade Julius Randle, especially after winning the most improved player. But you can see what happens with him. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's something to, to, you know, to notice. Something to notice. Uh, of course, even in free agency, you see a lot of players that get one-year deals because they expect to stay at one spot and then leave, uh, you know, Devontae Graham goes to the Pelicans. I'm not saying he's going to be there for one year, but they got him from the uh, they got him from from the the what the hell the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, it it was hard for it was hard to. I mean, you have Lamelo Ball, you have uh, Terry, Jason, Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, and it's like one of those three between Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and uh, LaMelo Ball was going to go. And, of course, Devontae Graham had to be the one, even though he's an incredible player and I think should have won most improved probably a year ago. Uh, I th- he should have won. He didn't win, but he should have won. Or was it was it most? Yeah, most improved. Um, but the, the, he goes to the Pelicans. Uh, JaVale McGee goes to the Suns. One thing that you saw the Suns struggle with in the NBA Finals is backup center, uh, and I think I think uh, and of course when um, now of course they lost Dario 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 Sarge, which was huge, but with Giannis was killing DeAndre Aiden. Now again, I can't expect DeAndre Aiden to be able to really stop Giannis since Tacumpo, but um, when DeAndre Aiden went got off the floor, when he was off the floor, whether it was foul trouble. Uh, taking a breather, the man, the Bucks saw that and was like, "Oh, it's open season in the paint." I don't even remember who their backup center is. Was it uh, Frank Kaminsky? So I think Javale McGee is going to be big for them. Um, but you see a lot of movement, man. And the last thing, bro. Now again, we're still in. We're still. We're still a free agency. Um, you there's still a lot of players that's still available. Uh. Kawhi Leonard. Now, 
everybody expects Kawhi Leonard to uh, re-sign with the with the Clippers, of course, with a bigger contract. He he declined his player option, uh, so he's he, uh, he's a free agent. But everyone expects him to go back to the Clippers. John Collins, I know that the Lake uh, the Atlanta Hawks have like a one hundred twenty million dollar max deal, uh, but I think he's trying to hold out and trying to get more money. Dennis Schroeder, I feel, I feel bad for Dennis, bro. I think he had like a hundred million dollar deal like last year and turned it down and because he wanted to bet on himself. You know what? You know what, man? We need to talk about that, bro. I understand players have supreme confidence in themselves. I do. I understand, and they should. I mean, athletes, either professional, you know, professional football players, professional basketball players, professional hockey players, baseball players. You guys are the best of the best. I I will never take that from you. There, you can't just pick somebody up from a, a rec center. And throw him in the NBA and expect him to be good. That's why you see, hell, I, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, who can't get, he can't even sniff a team right now in the NBA. I don't know if it's due to his size, due to his injury history, due to his lack of defense because of his size. But Isaiah Thomas can't even sniff the NBA and just put up, what, 65 in like a, a pro-am league or something the other day. 65. The same Isaiah Thomas, who's like five foot eleven, five foot nine, putting up sixty five in a pro am. Being an NBA player is different. I've seen Jan Mahimi. I've seen him in person go to a pro am league and put up like fifty. Jan Mahimi. So I understand that players should have supreme confidence in themselves. You know, these are professional players. These are professional athletes. The they're, they're leaps and bounds better than anybody that you see regularly play at a rec center. But you, like, some people have to be honest with themselves. And we're talking, I'm only talking about, you know, in, in, in realms of, of, of their sport. When players say they want to bet on themselves, I always question, I understand, like, I don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he bet on himself. Now, he did tear his ACL, but he bet on himself, and that's going to pay off. Spencer Dinwiddie is, in the, is, in the, is a great player, and I think that he's nearing a deal to sign with the Wizards. I think they're trying to uh, they're trying to do a signing trade. That's the only way they can get him. But Spencer Dinwiddie bet on himself and succeeded. Kelly Oubre, he bets on himself all the freaking time and has succeeded. You know, he's with Golden State. Uh, I think it's looking like he might go to the Spurs, but he's still afraid, and so we'll see. But I, Reggie Jackson bet on himself and has flourished. Now, of course, when I say flourish, I'm talking about contract-wise. But Reggie Jackson bet on himself and is 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 shooting for the moon. John Collins bet on himself, and it worked. Uh, he I don't know what deal he's going to get, but – it looks like the I don't know if he's going to get the max max, but it looks like the Atlanta Hawks are going to try to give him anywhere close. I mean, they're going to try to get him close to the max because he's an important player for them. And he's a young player. He's a he's a building block. And he, they they just signed an extension with uh, 
Trey Young worth like 207 or something like that. So, of course, John Collins better himself and has flourished. Then there are players. Then there are players that bet on themselves and I'm thinking to themselves, like, have we, hold up. We've seen you play. (laughs) You're a veteran. We've seen you play. Why are you still betting on yourself? You're not that guy. Dennis Schroeder is not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. I don't, look, I, I respect everyone having supreme confidence. They should, you should have supreme confidence in yourself. That should be, that should happen. But, oh, the, it's like, who do you talk to? Do you talk to the agent and be like, yo, hey, Dennis, look, um, I understand you want to bet on yourself. I understand you have supreme confidence, which you should, which you should. But I don't think we'll ever get a deal this important. You know, you know what? You know what Dennis Schroeder probably expected? Dennis Schroeder expected to have him have an incredible season last year, incredible playoff run. He expected to win a championship. Uh, and I don't think that he did. Of course, nobody expected it as far as, like, really anybody. But I don't think he expected the Russell Westbrook thing to happen. He didn't. He also didn't expect him to be god awful in the playoffs against the Suns. Like no one expected that. I just don't under. There's a lot of players that should not bet on themselves. <laughs> like I'm gonna just be real. There are players that should not bet on themselves. Andre Drummond. We'll talk about that in a second. Why are you betting on yourself? We saw you. You're not that good, bro. Dennis Schroeder betting on himself. What are you doing? I remember when Danny Green said he, I'm betting on myself. Danny Green, the guy that at the time could not hit a three for the Lakers in the playoffs. But now, again, he, he did win a championship uh, with Toronto and championship with the Spurs. But betting on yourself, like, and it's always, it's never like Steph Curry's betting on himself. Like, that's Steph Curry. LeBron James is betting on himself. KD is betting on himself. Like you never, you never hear those type of players say they're betting on themselves because you don't need to bet on them. We know who LeBron James, we know who Steph Curry is, we know who Kevin Durant is, we know who Kyrie Irving is, we know who James Harden is, we know who Giannis Antetokounmpo is, we know who Jokic is. We know these players, so you never hear those players talking about, "Hey, I'm betting on myself." No, it's always the players like Dennis Schroeder. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Brown, Danny Green, Andre Drummond. Like, what What are you betting on, bro? <laughs> what are you betting on? Like, come on, bro. You have to have – you. Ha- there has to be someone around you to be like, hey, hey, Dennis, that's 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 $100 million, bro, or damn near close to $100 million or something like that, or maybe $80 million or whatever. I don't think you're going to see that again, bro. I'd take that money. Now, now he might sign a mid-level exception. The man had a what a hundred million dollar deal on the table just like a year or two ago. Turned it down because he wanted to bet on himself, and now he's about to. He's probably gonna sign a mid level exception or something. Like, oh man, just just get better counsel around you, bro. Just oh man, oh man. Another the last before we before we move on from the free agency and the moves and everything. One move that I didn't understand 
too much was uh, Andre Drummond signing with the 76ers. First and foremost, you can't tell me that the 76ers really want to trade Ben Simmons. You can't tell me that because they've had several opportunities to trade Ben Simmons both before the draft, during the draft, and now after the draft. And when you hear them ask for James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and four first-round picks, which is ultimately six players for Ben Jermaine Simmons, you know, I understand, like, I understand you probably think highly of him. But there's no way, there's no way that you're going to make that or you're going to get that back. Especially when you had a deal in place with James Harden before he went to the Brooklyn Nets and you said we're not giving up Ben Simmons. You, you just don't spin the block and get more. Yeah, I understand that James, that's James Harden, but you're getting more. You're getting six players. But you can't make you can't make those demands and then turn around the next the next day and say um, or after the draft or whatever and say you want a deal that you want a, sort of like the same kind of deal that Brooklyn had or Brooklyn got when they received or Boston got when they were uh, when they traded Brooklyn uh, Paul Pierce KG and them. And this is why I think they don't really want to trade Ben Simmons. First and foremost, you don't say that if you expect a team to take you seriously. Because I don't know if you remember how bad the future looked for Brooklyn after that trade. Now, again, they got Deron Williams. They got uh, Gerald, Gerald Wallace. They got... Um, Kevin Garnett, they got Paul Pierce, but they were old. And they gave up like four or five years worth of draft picks. And if it wasn't for, you know, them making a trade to get Spencer Dinwiddie, them making a trade to, or them getting Spencer, them making a trade to get D'Angelo Russell, uh, them, of course, landing uh, Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden and KD. It was looking real bleak for them. Like, they were one of the worst teams because of that. Hell, what's the name? Uh, Bernard, uh, I forgot homeboy, but he got fired because of that stupid trade. Because they gave too much. So what team in their right mind do you think will give up all that asset? Now, of course, you're not going to get the same amount uh, that, you know, the Boston Celtics got for KG and Paul Pierce, but... Who, what team do you think is dumb enough to trade? Now, it's not like you're getting Steph. It's not like you're getting Giannis. It's not like you're getting uh, who's a young. It's not like you're getting Trey Young. It's not like you're getting Luka Doncic. I can understand if you trade four future first-round picks and all that for Luka. I understand if you do that for Giannis. I understand if you do that for maybe a, not even, maybe a Joel Embiid. But what team is going to pretty much forfeit their future or immediate future 
for a player in Ben Simmons, who is an incredible talent. Uh, finished, I believe, second in defensive player of the year. All all uh, all defensive first team, I believe. Um, or second team. One, two. I think first team. Uh, who is going to trade that from a player that cost his team a chance to make it to the NBA Finals because he was scared to shoot the ball? That's not going to happen, bro. So, to spin the block, it's like, why do you get Andre? What is? I understand Andre Drummond's stock went drastically down with the Lakers, but what, why get Andre Drummond? Like, your weakness now, I guess he, he's a good backup, but why are the 76ers getting Andre? And why did Andre want to go to the 76ers? Like, does he not want to be a starting point, starting center anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't know, because you definitely not being a starting center for the uh, for the 76ers. So I don't, I don't really understand what's happening, but I don't know, I don't know. And don't they look? Ben now reports are coming out saying, hey, they they might prefer to keep Ben Simmons. Yeah, of course they do, because ain't nobody doing that stupid. Ain't nobody making them stupid trades, bro. Like, like, come on, bro, chill out. Chill out. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Now, we're still on free agency, but one of the biggest in free agency, you also see extensions. Um, like I said, Jimmy Butler signed a max extension with the Heat. Uh, Trey Young signed a max extension with the Atlanta Hawks. I think reports are coming out. Either they offered him or he signed it, but Luka Doncic is thinking about or probably going to sign a max uh, extension with the Mavericks, but the biggest one that we saw was Steph Curry signs what a two hundred and ten or two hundred and fifty something like that dollar four year two hundred and ten or two hundred and fifty uh I think it's two hundred ten million dollar extension with the um with the Golden State Warriors, meaning. One, he becomes the first player in history to sign two $200 million plus contracts. And he also more than likely will finish his career with Golden State unless he gets traded or something like that, which I doubt that's going to happen. I think the question is, one, did he deserve? People were asking, did did Steph Curry deserve the money for because they know they see his age? I think he's like thirty four. That means in four years, which is the contract, he'll it'd be thirty seven. Um, yes, <laughs> let me. Yeah, Steph Curry deserved that contract. Like Steph Curry, Steph Curry, in my opinion, is the second greatest point guard ever. I I can't put him over. Um, over Magic Johnson, I, I put him over Oscar. I put him over. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. I I even put him over, even though he kind of plays shooting guard. But I put him over my favorite player ever, which is Allen Iverson. But to me, Steph Curry is the second greatest player ever, and I think that he's one of, if not the most influential player ever in in the NBA. Now again, when I say influential, he's people know he's changed the way. We watch basketball. He's changed the way basketball is played. He's changed the way, not just NBA, but basketball in general. 
you see kids at the hell. You see Lamelo Ball pointing at the um, when he was a kid, and you even see kids now pointing at the freaking half court line and and letting it fly. Like that's Steph Curry. So yes, I, I believe Steph Curry deserved that extension. Now the question now is. Is the Golden State window still open as far as winning a championship? He's locked up Steph for the next four years. Um, of course, you have Draymond. You have some young pieces in James Wiseman. Uh, we need to see what happens with Andrew Wiggins, whether he's going to stay or are they going to trade him. But I think, I think the window right now bases base itself on – is Steph Curry going to continue to be Steph Curry? Which is, I mean, hell, he finished second in an MVP last year. I, I think he can. But it also depends on how good is is Clay Thompson going to be. He's coming back from two back-to-back in lo- lower leg injuries. And that's tough, man. That is that's, that's a tough one. And, of course, we've seen players. Now, the, the thing that is working in... Uh, the thing that's working in um, Clay Thompson's favor is he's not really a person that, you know, bing, bing, bing you to death. He's a catch and shoot, and he's an incredible defender. Now, I think his defense is going to be affected more than his offense because his offense, I mean, it's not, he's not really, you know, breaking nobody down. He's a great catch and shoot player. He can kind of put the ball on the ground, but not like that. I think his defense is going to be affected more, but I think that when you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson playing at an elite level, to me, you're always a championship-level team because you have, to me, two of the greatest scorers ever on one team. And then you have Draymond Green, who is one of the smartest players ever in the NBA history, like smartest players as far as defense and stuff like that. So I don't – I think they need to and, – and, and you're seeing – the. You're hearing a lot. Golden State's trying to bring another all-star level player. I mean, you've heard them try to link themselves to uh, – what's his name? To Dame, to uh, Bradley Bill. Um, for a second, you heard them link their names to DeMar DeRozan. Um, I do think that they need to get another all-star player in there, and, of course, we'll see if they're able to make some trades uh, with you know some of the younger pieces that they have, but – and I think that if they're going to make a trade, that needs to be this year uh, or next year. And I think they need to make it sooner than later because they're not – of course, they, they struck gold when they got the 7th and 14th pick. And when I say struck gold, is those are still players that can be serviceable in the league. And you want to see – you know, you don't – they're not going to get a draft pick. With the team led by Steph Curry, you're not going to get no 7th and 14th pick again. Uh, you're not going to draft that low. And, of course, with Klay Thompson coming back, so you're not going to get a high draft pick. So you want to if you're going to trade him, you got to trade him now or trade him before the trade deadline. Uh, so I do think, yes, yeah, Steph Curry deserved the extension. I think he will finish his career in Golden State. I think that he's probably – I'm not going to say he's done at 37 uh, because of his game – uh, he, I think you'll see later he'll be more of a catch and shoot outside of a, a ball dominant, you know, guard. But I do think that I think he can probably get an I don't know if it's going to be 200 or whatever million dollar contract. But I do think that he can still sign probably another contract after 37. So we'll see how it goes. But 
Um, yeah, I do think that Golden State's window is still open as far as a championship. I do think that they could they could still win. So let's move forward. Oh man. Lastly, before we go, let's have a serious conversation, a real conversation about Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz uh elects to have foot surgery. And we'll be out five to twelve weeks. Now, first and foremost, that is a that is a crazy, crazy um, window. Five to twelve weeks. You go from I think coming back in week three of the NFL or week two or three of the NFL season, or coming back after week seven, which is crazy. Um, this is. This is my opinion. Now, Ken, we need to see what happens uh, when he comes back. But this is the worst. And I mean absolute worst case scenario for the Indianapolis Colts. I say that because you sign him or you get him from the Philadelphia or Philadelphia Eagles. And we know how that ended. And this team is good enough. This team the Indianapolis Colts are good enough to win a Super Bowl. You have an incredible offensive line. You have one of the best defenses. You have really qual you have quality uh wide receivers. You have quality running back. You have probably one of the best one of the best young young running backs in the league in Jonathan Taylor. Uh this is an incredible team. This team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. If you put them up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, roster, put them up against the Kansas City Chiefs roster, they match up well because they had, I mean, you have DeForest Buckner. you They had Quentin Nelson. Uh, you have really good pieces. And just like we saw a year ago, this team is only going to go as far as their quarterback takes them. I, I think the, the biggest thing that was holding them back last year was Phillip Rivers. And they thought they got an upgrade, which you on paper you should get an upgrade in Carson Wentz. But here's the thing about Carson Wentz, man. If it's if it's not injury or or just not being right mentally, uh Carson Wentz has not been elite since he was to me leading the MVP vote before he got hurt. I think it was like a neck injury or something. Uh and that was that was what 2018, 19 when they won the Super Bowl when Nick Foles came and you know you know what happened next. Carson Wentz has not been been good since then. Now I'm not gonna put it all on him. Of course we know I don't know what it is in Philly, but everybody gets hurt. From the from, I remember there was a time where he didn't have like any of his starting, uh, any of his starting special player or uh, specialty players. He didn't have any of his starting wide receivers, any of his starting running backs. Of course, his his offensive line was down bad. Like I'm not gonna all put that on him, but there were there was a lot of Carson Wentz just not in his head mentally. He wasn't there. Of course, he was throwing some 
horrible off uh, interceptions, which a lot of them was due to the fact that he didn't have players to help and couldn't create separation. A lot of that was because, dude, what are you doing? He was holding the ball way too long, getting a lot of fumbles and sacks. Carson Wentz just mentally wasn't there. And a lot of that was because, of course, the Nick Foles situation. And I do think it's it's crazy that the Indianapolis Colts are now thinking about bringing Nick Foles. I think that will probably be the worst decision they can make because we saw what happened with Philly. And a lot of that was because of the the stellar play, I guess you can say, of Nick Foles in the playoffs. But... I say this is huge and this is cataclysmic for the Indianapolis Colts because the last, what you need, you need Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is coming from a bad situation um, in Philly. And it's not because of, it's because of him as far as like his mental and you want him to get off to a solid start. You want him to remind himself how good of a player he is. You want him to get out the gates and play well with his new team. And he's already coming off of a fragile situation. And now it's like, damn, like what, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I don't know. I, I do think, I think, okay. So again, he could come back. It could just be, you know, he could come back in five weeks. Uh, you only be, th- you know, three weeks in. And he could still have an incredible, incredible run. But, again, we haven't seen Carson Wentz honestly be good uh, since before his injury, before the Super Bowl. And it's like the last thing you want to do is go to a new team with all these expectations on you because, trust me, Everyone in the league knows that the Indianapolis Colts have a championship caliber league, a championship caliber team. The only thing that they're missing was a quarterback. And a lot of people were hoping that Carson Wentz was that person. So you come off of what happened in Philly and how bad that ended with, you know, the the front office and the head coach and, of course, Carson Wentz and, of course, Jalen Hurts. Uh, and, and him losing his job to Jalen Hurts and then demanding a trade. Like, you know the expectations that's coming to this team and, and the amount of pressure that you have, not only to rectify and pretty much make up for what happened in Philly to now lead a team that is championship. Like, this is a championship roster. Lead them to the promised land. And now... The 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 plane pretty much stalls before it even flies. I don't I don't I don't know. I, again, this is pretty much worst case scenario. Carson Wentz can come back and be better than ever. He can have probably one of the, his best seasons ever. Who knows? Um, I will say that I believe in order for that to happen, you need to come sooner than sooner. You need to come within five weeks or sooner to five weeks and 12 <clears throat> because it's going to be hard for me to, you know, I think it's going to be hard to catch your with him in week seven uh, of an NFL season. But I don't know, man. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just tough because, I mean, it's like Carson, I mean, Carson Wentz, in my opinion, needed to, he has I'm not going to say I – mean, I can say he has probably the most – he had probably the most pressure 
coming to on his shoulders coming to the season than any quarterback because of what happened in Philly uh, with losing your job to Jalen Hurts and being the leader of a championship caliber team. And now this injury, man, I don't I, – of course I hope for a speedy recovery. I hope he comes back better than ever. But I don't know, man. And when I say like, – we haven't seen the best Carson Wentz since for like two, three years now. And a lot of that has been mental. A lot of that has been physical because this is yet another injury. I think I, I, think I saw um, <clears throat> he's been injured every year outside of 2000. He's been injured. He was injured his last year in college, first year in the league. He's been injured every year except for, I think, 2019. Like, he's been injured every single year. So when we talk about players being injury-prone, he's been injured every year outside of 2019. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I think what sucks the most is – we saw Carson Wentz be good. Like we saw how good Carson Wentz can be. We saw to me he was he was leading in the MVP race until he got hurt. And then of course we know uh Tom Brady I think won that year. So we know how good he can be and a lot of people including myself are st- still see that Carson Wentz and think to ourselves, well, he got there before. He can get there again. But maybe people like myself have to understand maybe we will never see that Carson Wentz again. And I think, unfortunately, the Indianapolis Colts thought like I thought. We saw him be an MVP caliber player. He can get there, and we need him to get there because if he gets there, we have a great shot of winning the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I don't know if he'll ever get there again. I hope for a speedy recovery, but yet again, this is yet another year that either starts with Carson Wentz being injured or <laughs> or could end with Carson Wentz being injured. So we'll have to see. But there you guys have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast merch, shirts, Hoodies, sweaters, long sleeve joggers. The link is in the description below. There's multiple designs, multiple colors. Just click on the design you like, change the color, get yours today. Hey, hey, this this stuff is fresh, but go go get your unpopular podcast merch. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything would help. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys, and until next time, much love. Headphones is on fire this time around, Styles. My blood pressure. Yo, last time I'ma tell these niggas, man, niggas can't fuck around, man. Jada, man, whoever, old nigga, new nigga. What? Yo, yo, yo. Who really the best rapper since Big ain't here? Y'all know the answer to that when Kiss ain't here. When you see me, don't ask me nothing about us. And don't definitely ask me nothing about fucking. 
owe me one, I owe you two. I would have smacked you with the burner, but I know you soon. And I ain't talking to him, I'm talking to you. Matter of fact, talking to y'all. Life is like walking the yard. Nigga, stab you with a fork in the heart. And the sauce got motherfuckers thinking they hot. Like my dope, got fiends thinking they shot. When you thinking of the best, nigga, think of the locks. I cut your fucking hand off if your pinky rings hot. Then come through your block in a sticky green drop. Hop out, let off 53 shots. Wouldn't care if I hit 53 cops. Giuliani might as well be murking niggas. Cause the time that he giving out is hurting niggas. And all these record labels jerking niggas. And you never was a thug, you's a working nigga. And you heard that shit right there, I started that. Don't make me put something up in your starter hat. No matter who you are or where you from, screw all of that. I'm not trying to hear that, son. Yo, who the fuck y'all want? And who the fuck y'all need? And who the fuck gon' bleed? All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas can't fuck with Jada. Who the fuck y'all want? And who the fuck y'all need? And who the fuck gon' bleed? All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas can't fuck with Nigga in the back of the whip That's gonna get the second half of the clip Know what I'm saying? Or be the other nigga in the front of the whip Running his lips with a gun on his hip Feel me, dog? Everybody walk the walk Till they run in the kiss Then they get stabbed or hung Or stung with the fifth How you think your man hard When son on my dick? Cause I could get his ass body Crushed front of a brick Got a chick named Superhead She gives Superhead Just moved in the building Even gave the Superhead I cop big guns That spit super lead So play Superman End up super dead Call me Kiss Or the kid from the locks That'll twist your moms out And do a bit with your pops We was in jail You probably won't get no mail And if you pumped on my block You won't get no sales And your CEO No, you can't fuck with I I make a million by June I'm saying fuck July And I beg you to try me While I'm holding the Tommy I'ma have your body All over the lobby I already helped y'all I'm about to melt y'all Tell the truth, dog I ain't never felt y'all This album We gon' bubble like Celsaw if it ain't double law, who the hell else is hard? Yeah, who the fuck y'all want? And who the fuck y'all need? And who the fuck gon' bleed? All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas can't fuck with Jada. Who the fuck y'all want? And who the fuck y'all need? And who the fuck gon' bleed? All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas can't fuck with Jada. Yeah, who the fuck y'all want? And who the fuck y'all need? And who the fuck gon' bleed? Uh-huh. All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas yeah. can't fuck with Jada. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck y'all want? Jada uh-huh. And who the fuck y'all need? Jada And who the fuck gon' bleed? Uh-huh. All y'all haters, cause none of y'all niggas can't fuck with Jada.